Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Great song service, wonderful voices, a wonderful time we were having so far. Amen. Thank you, Brother Corbin, for reading that. Corbin read, of course, in Daniel chapter 4, the second vision and the interpretation thereof. If you remember the first vision by King Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, uh, you remember that he had a vision of a statue and its head was gold. And Daniel's interpretation thereof of that particular vision was that it represented all of those different elements, iron, iron and clay, gold, represented different kingdoms, okay? And uh, he told King Nebuchadnezzar that the head, which was gold, was you, was Babylonian Empire. And Daniel reminded King Nebuchadnezzar that God is blessing you with this knowledge. Wouldn't it be wonderful, folks, to know the future? King Nebuchadnezzar had opportunities like we've never had before. And he got so excited that he promotes Daniel and his three friends. But now we find ourselves smack in the middle of Daniel chapter 1 and Daniel chapter 4. We're going to spend time in Daniel chapter 3 verses 1 through well, actually, verses 1 through 30. And um, so turn with me there, if you wouldn't mind. To sum this up real quickly, that is very simply this. King Nebuchadnezzar decides, for whatever reason, it could have been pride, it could have been a number of things, it could have even been from the vision that he had before, this dream that he had. King Nebuchadnezzar then decides to make a statue of gold. 90 foot tall. Okay? And he issues a proclamation. When the music begins to play, guess what he expects? He expects you and the people and everybody that's in Babylonian Empire to fall down and worship the image. Whoever does not are immediately cast into a furnace of fire. And immediately, if you ever did any reading in Daniel, you will see that there is a conflict already. There's Jews that were taken captive. We already know four of them. Daniel and his three friends. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were appointed to the affairs of the province of Babylon in verse 49 of Daniel chapter 2. But there is a problem. Verse 8 kind of crystallizes it. Therefore, it says in verse 8 of Daniel chapter 3, at that time certain Chaldeans came forward. Now, you've got to understand a Chaldean is a specialist. Well, what is a Chaldean a specialist of? Well, they're a specialist in the occult. In spiritism, mediums, sorcerers, witchcraft. They're specialists at it. So it says, and therefore at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and did what? Maliciously accuse the Jews. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this doesn't happen today? 
You think that perhaps we're all safe and all believers and Christians are okay now? That we're left alone? No, Satan, Peter reminds us, is like a roaring lion seeking whom even he may devour. There still is this battle, this conflict that Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 6 is still going on. And we must stand and stand firm. It's a battle that's still raging between the forces of good and the forces of evil. Jesus reminds us, He says, I don't find it shocking when the world hates you because the world hated me first. Jesus had a big target on His back. Just as Paul reminds us, that if you're a Christian, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be persecuted. Satan is still a force to be reckoned with. Make no mistake about it. So we find the problem crystallizes when certain Chaldeans come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. And they say, look, some of the Jews pay no attention to your proclamation. And they are not worshiping the image. They're not falling in line. And as is the case with King Nebuchadnezzar, he goes into a furious rage and brings in the three rebels and gives them a second chance. Let's read that. And starting in verse 12. Verse 12. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar with furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true? Now just put yourself in these three men's position. What are you going to do? What are you going to say before the king? Let's just say it's the president of the United States. Let's just say it's someone else, somebody in high position. And you're being brought before the panel of justice. Questioning your integrity. Questioning your beliefs. What are you going to do? Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Now, if you are ready, now if you are ready, he's giving them out. Okay? He says, now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. This is the way it's supposed to be. But if you do not worship, guess what I have right over there? Guess what I have? You shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Kind of a frightening scenario, isn't it? Oh, I was reading through this again several times. And that struck me, I wonder what type of song they played when it was time. You wonder about it? You think it was that? I don't think so. 
It had to be something appealing. What do you think? I just wonder. I'm sure we can discuss it after services. We can just, we just kick it around a little bit. Find out, well, what did they play? What was it? Well, they played a music. That's all we know. And it was designed to be the moment that you're supposed to bow down and deny God and worship other little gods. He says, but if you don't do that, you're going to be thrown in that fiery furnace. What are you going to do, brother and sister and friend? What are you going to do in Zoom? Those that are on Zoom and online listening. What are you going to do with that? You're going to cave? You're going to give in? You're going to give up? You know you're going to die. It's tough. What? A moment. Who is the God who will deliver you from my hand? Consider that underlying message from King Nebuchadnezzar. Just consider it. Underline that. Because that's, this is the crisis of that day and it's the crisis of our day. Because it challenges every single one of us. It's a challenge that still goes on today. Every time you walk out of your home, or maybe even when you get up in your bed, it's in your bedroom too. Evil is. And the underlying message is that King Nebuchadnezzar was saying, I'm supreme. I'm the one who has ultimate power. Isn't that what Satan wants us to believe? That he is supreme. That he is ultimate power over you. He wants to strike fear. This is what King Nebuchadnezzar was doing. Striking fear. No God can save you from my hands. It's just impossible. Intimidation. What would you do? The challenge is direct. It confronts our decision making. Are you going to break? Will you stand? Will you rise? Will you fall? Will you give in? Or will you remain true in your commitment to God? Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Sounds like a strange statement before a king and knowing you got a fiery furnace over there blazing hot, ready, red hot. We have no need to answer you in this matter. What matter are they talking about? Well, the matter of whether or not there is a God. The matter of whether or not there is a God who can save them out of His hand. Notice what they say. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Can I get an amen for that one? Woo! What a statement of faith. You want to know what your purpose statement needs to be? Right here, folks. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able. He is able more than able to accomplish anything. What concerns even me? I'll get it right here in a minute. 
He is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. Oh, how life is good when things are going swell. Oh, how life is wonderful when there's no problem, right? Verse 18, But if not, but if not, be it known to you, O King, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. That's their purpose statement. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. But if not, if not, be it known to you, O King, that we will not serve your gods, or worship the golden image that you have set up. They declare that their God is able, more than able to deliver them from the burning fiery furnace. But they just don't leave it at that. They say, even if God does not deliver us, we will not serve your gods, nor worship your golden image. Kind of sounds like Kind of sounds similar to Acts chapter 5, verse 29, when Peter and the apostles say, We must obey God rather than men. These men placed confidence solely in God. God would get the glory either by delivering them or by them dying in faith for Him. God gets the glory either way. That's biblical faith. Their faith wasn't in a particular outcome, but in sovereign God. And this strikes right at the core of our struggle with faith. And misunderstanding sometimes about prayer. When you really get down to it. Let me illustrate this by quoting a couple of passages here. First is in Psalms 37 in verse 4. Psalms 37 in verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. What a powerful promise. Delight yourself in the Lord and guess what's going to happen? Guess what the promise is? And He will give you the desires of your heart. Now I have a... I have a lot of desires. And he's promising that if I commit to him, I'm going to get all those answers. Amen. Then we have one more in Mark chapter 11. Let's read that together, folks. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, he, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. These are two very powerful statements about prayer and our belief and our faith. And just left alone, these things are generalized statements and we could imagine all sorts of things that God is going to do. But let me first remind you about what Jesus 
our Lord and our Savior now in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, praying to God, let this cup pass from me, Lord, if it's possible. Let this cup pass from me. Now, did God answer him? Yes. God answered his prayer, but not in the way that he wanted. God said no. And Jesus still needed to take that pain, take that struggle, take that fight, and bear our sins on the cross. Another example is, is in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says in verse 8 through 10 that he had a thorn in the flesh. He had a problem. It was painful. And he prayed to Jesus three times. Prayed to God. Prayed. And it was not answered in the way he wanted the answer was, if you remember, I am all that you need. I am sufficient for your needs. You see, when we pray, God is not obligated to act a certain way just because we have great faith. Now, do we think that Jesus had great faith when He prayed to His Father? You better believe it. Do we not think that the Apostle Paul had great faith? In fact, that wasn't the only time that God said no to Paul's prayers. There are other instances. He wanted to go in other places and God says nope. Sometimes God says no. We can't turn God into some kind of candy machine. Or ATM machine. But I will say this, the Scriptures are filled with statements that prayer has no chance without faith. No chance at all. James chapter 1 reminds us of that. Faith is not what we want God to do, but our faith is in God. We don't get to write the script. Simply this, faith is not what we know the outcome is, but that the outcome belongs totally to God. And that's important. That's a distinction. Years ago when I first moved here, there was a, a man that we visited quite often. I think it was Brother McCorkle and I went several times. And this man, son, I, I'm, I'm about to tell you this. This is heart-rendering. This young man's son died from cancer. And he was heartbroken. So this is not to minimize that in any way. I pray for this guy all the time. But he sat there bawling like a baby, crying, saying that God must hate him. That he prayed believing Never doubting. He said, I prayed multiple times a day. And we had multiple hundreds of people, churches all over everywhere, praying for His behalf. You had quality and quantity of faith. 
And yet the outcome was not what he wanted. And so his faith, unfortunately, was shattered. But I pray for him every day. You see, the point is simply this, folks. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's testimonial is that their faith is not in a particular outcome, but in God who is able to do all things. Whatever the outcome is, our faith is in God. That's what they were saying. They understood that God is able to deliver them and they believe that He will deliver them. But they also recognize by faith that they may not be delivered. Powerful, crystal clear, but that's faith. But this also tees off King Nebuchadnezzar. And things are not looking good. Let's turn to back to Daniel chapter 2 and starting in verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. Once again, he is in rage. And we just need to be reminded that Satan is filled with rage right now because we're talking about this. And we're addressing this issue about our faith about where we stand in God's life. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and the expression of his faith was changed against Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. I mean, he must have been pretty angry. You just see the wheels turning. The fans flaming. The heat going. Seven times hotter than it should have been. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, their garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. It's interesting to me that it spent time here telling us exactly what they were wearing. Right? I mean, cloaks, tunics, hats, other garments... They were all thrown into fire burners. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down into the burning fiery furnace. He held true, the king does. You don't bow down to my gods. You're going into the fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O God. And he answered and said, I see four men abound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fire furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, 
And the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over their bodies of those men, and the hair of their heads were not singed, their clothes were not harmed, no smell of the fire came upon them. You ever been in a bonfire? And you got close to it? Guess what you smelled like? Yucky. You smelled like the bonfire. You had a lot of smoke. Man. Here, he fires up the old furnace. Seven times harder than the guards were killed. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in, they were not consumed. King Nebuchadnezzar saw four. One was like the Son of God. And this, folks, we can argue all along who that fourth one was. I'm not here to discuss that. We can talk about after services. But the point is very simple to this. That God is in the business of delivering His people through the fire. That's what we need to know. And He will deliver you through the fire that you will go through in your life because it's coming if you haven't had fire trials. It's coming. Baby, it's coming. And you need not to try to seek to have some kind of pain intolerance. Be free from pain type of religion. That doesn't exist. God always has helped deliver His people through the fire. Help them through their fiery ordeals. First Peter chapter 4. Let's read that real quickly and then we're going to draw to a close. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Beloved, be not surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. That fiery trial means a furnace, literally a burning furnace. So we we go through what Meshach and Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through. They went through fire. We're going to go through fire too. Don't be surprised when it does happen, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Don't be surprised. God is able to deliver the oppressed, His faithful people who refuse to serve other gods. This imagery is used throughout the Scriptures, folks. Deuteronomy 4, verse 20. Isaiah 48, verse 10. The Lord is still accomplishing His work through His Son, to help people walk them, lead them through their fiery ordeals in life. God remains faithful. One other thing we want to read as we draw to a close. Go back to Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent His angel and delivered His servants, who trusted in Him and set aside the King's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their own God. What happens there? King Nebuchadnezzar witnesses their testimonial. Witnesses that they endured and went through the fiery trial. This is something powerful. It's a powerful statement of our faith. When we don't give up, 
when we stand firm. King Nebuchadnezzar recognized by their endurance, by their standing firm, by their faithfulness through the fire, that there is a God and that no other God is able to rescue in that way. And people will look to us and see in us that light of Christ, that light of God. May we have the same faith as these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what was that faith? Very simply this. That I would rather die and give God the glory rather than serve other gods. That I will still serve God, put my faith solely in Him, even acknowledging that I don't know what the outcome may be or that He simply may not answer in the way that I would like. That I am not looking for an easy way out or seeking pain avoidance or that I'm going to sell out, but that I know God will be with me and lead me through those fiery furnaces, those trials that will come my way. Is that the kind of faith that you demonstrate in your life? I pray that it is. If not, then we need to turn to God. We need to come before Him today and seek guidance. Seek His input. Seek Him in our time of need. If you feel like your faith isn't like these three men that we talked about here in Daniel chapter 3, let's shore that up through prayer. Let's get our help from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? We all will face trials. Every one of us are fighting this battle. And we need help. A lot of times we just can't do it on our own. And that's okay to be that weak. That's okay to need help. It's okay to feel like that you simply are undone. And you can't go on. People are that way. And it just hurts me to know and to know that people won't come up and ask help because of something that's holding them back. Get help. God has provided. Amen. God has provided. Won't you come as we stand and sing this song? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com normanchurch.com normanchurch.com